Welcome to a new episode of Blue Jay Bites. Now here's your host, my dad, Brian's Ock. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Blue Jays Bites podcast. I am your host, Bryant Ott. I go by Creighton Otter at whiteandbluereview.com. And we are proud to bring you, excited to bring you another podcast tonight. It's a big one. Probably the biggest one we've ever done. It's our Mike Grimes episode. It's our number 34 episode of this podcast. And with us tonight, we have three other gentlemen on the call live. I'm just going to go ahead and rattle them off. Joey Tempo, Matt DeMoranis, and then our special guest tonight, video coordinator for men's basketball at Creighton University, Tim McAllister. Tim, Matt, Joey, thank you for joining tonight. I feel like this is like a, a serious XM radio station right now or something like that. So I appreciate you guys making this feel feel huge. I feel like we got some big expectations tonight, so thanks for being on the show. If people knew how quickly this came together at the last like minute of the sh- before we started coming on here, yeah, you're not supposed to tell them that, Matt. <laughs> right? I like to. Uh, I like full disclosure for everybody. <laughs> That's his, his his nickname, Matt. Full disclosure, Dean Ryan. <laughs> so. That's a long one, dude. Full you give ex- yourself that one. Full ex- Just- full self exposure, Matt Dean Ryan. All right. Yeah, not exposure. Um, we're on Google Hangout. We're not using video, though. No, no. Thank God we're not. Okay, Thanks. so let's jump right into this because I know we got some time sensitivity tonight. We got Joey Tempo on here to talk about what, from this gentleman's point of view as an onlooker, I was out of town, couldn't make it happen, but successful Soctoberfest, Joey. Uh, the Blue Jays able to pull off a, a 2-0 win the men's side. Um, earlier in the evening, the women's team could not come up with the W, but they did get theirs later on in the weekend. So that's some positive news there for Ross Pauly's team. But give us a little bit of uh, give us a little bit of your um, your perspective, your take from this weekend for Elmore Bolovich's club. Yeah, actually, I'll start with Ross Pauly. It was the first time I've gotten a chance to see the women play okay. in person. I watched some of their stream play, but you know, I I, I thought. Um, uh, from some of Matt's articles and, and reading some of the headlines uh, on Go Creighton, that uh, the women looked uh, maybe a little better than I was expecting, and uh, unfortunately they couldn't grind out a result against UMKC. Uh, but then, you know, their win over Kansas State, uh, you know, really uh, impressive. Uh, the fact that they've, uh, you know, really played some tough games over the last, what, week and a half, Matt. Uh, and uh, I think that, uh, you know, this might be what they need to maybe, uh, uh, you know, um, not turn the season around completely, uh, but, uh, you know, maybe make a little push and, uh, uh, you know, gain some momentum going forward. What do you think, Matt? I mean, it certainly is better than the way things were headed. I, I think South Dakota State was probably the rock bottom, if you will, just because they played so well in the first half. They had a one of them. They were doing all the right things, and then, if the gas tank went at about the 60, 65 minute mark, I mean, they were just pretty much hemorrhaging shots um, on the defensive end, even though they did find an opportunity to get the equalizer, thanks to, a, you know, a late foul by South Dakota in regulation, you know, overtime was pretty much more of the same second half. So it really didn't seem like a result they were going to get. And it was disappointing, probably as disappointed as I've ever seen Ross Pauly in uh in a post-match kind of situation, he was really disappointed in the team's, you know, 
yeah, at that no. point in the season, I think he expect I think he expected more out of that group at that point in the season, given yeah, how hard think, they've worked up to that point. I think we all expect more, honestly. Um, but if I'm being real honest, uh, you know, we had talked. I'm not sure if it was on the pot or off the pot about that result against South Dakota State, and really, Creighton University should not lose to South Dakota State. You know, especially in a game where they're not dominating the possession, they're not dominating the shot chances. Anything can happen in soccer, but you should be better. You should have a better squad than South Dakota State. And so you're right. You know, I'm sure losing that match to uh, the Jackrabbits, is it, that, um, you know, what impresses me is they could have they could have folded. And if, you you know, if, if what Pauly, Coach Pauly had, uh, his mentality after the game, uh, disappointed, I mean, that could easily just spiral downhill and, um, you know, the girls could give up on the year. But that's not what I saw against UMKC. You know, I thought they fought hard. Uh, and then I, I'll be honest, I didn't see any of the Kansas State game, but following on Twitter, um, it's that, that doesn't seem like the, the route they went. They, they almost seem to have gone the other way, and they're going to continue to fight for each other. And so that's, that's promising because uh, a result against a team like South Dakota State at your home field, um, when you're up one nothing, uh, you know, you got to put those games away. So I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that uh, they're at least headed the right direction. I know Big East plays rolling on up, and that'll be tough. But, um, yeah, it's, it's good to see that the girls have, didn't uh, give up on the year after some poor results. So, Yeah, the Kansas State match was de- definitely definitely stands out as something that kind of opens at least one of your eyes. I mean, you're, when you're trying to look at what they've done so far in the season and then you see the way the match is going. I mean, Kansas State had nine shot advantage. That's, that's insane. Blowout, really. And, uh, you know, for them to be down two to one late and to be down in shots the, as much as they were, and still have the kind of – to find that mental toughness to score two goals late and to pull out a road win like that, that at least piques your interest to see if they've maybe found something chemistry-wise, especially in the attack where they've really struggled all season. Yeah, I mean, who, who, who do they got next up on their docket? Where, where does their next couple of weeks look like or who some of the teams are playing coming forward? Uh, Drake Drake tomorrow night, which is, you know, has historically been a match that's kind of been really competitive. Um, I wouldn't say either team has an advantage in, in that going in. So that's going to be interesting tomorrow night. Then they'll host UNO on Saturday for their homecoming match, which is, uh, you know, UNO is really bad. So that's probably a match they should win. I mean, we were, I've kind of been breaking their schedule down as far as should wins, could wins, and wins type of deal because the Big East is so good. But, you know, they had Drake on Wednesday. Wednesday, UNO on Saturday before getting into Big East play, and they have to go to Xavier and St. John's to open up Big East play before DePaul and Georgetown. So once Big East play starts, it's going to be an uphill battle the whole entire time. That's no, there's no secret about that. The Big East is an elite soccer conference, both on the men's and women's side. So these next two matches are going to be important for both confidence and for you know really their overall record because they're matches that probably two of the easier ones they have left on their schedule. Are you, are you in the saloon again, Matt, or where are you at? Are you getting more wood out front to start sawing? I mean, that sounded kind of weird, but all right. Speaking, it's, a, it's, a, it's an old house, an old house, an old door. Speaking of Big East being good at soccer, uh, let's flip right to the men, I guess. How's that transition on? Uh, that was, uh, well, can I hold on? I yeah, just want yeah, to yeah. say that when oh. you were talking about on the pod or off the pod, I think I'm going to start my next podcast as off the pod podcast, where it's just a podcast of all the stuff we talk about off the original podcast. 
So I appreciate that. <laughs> like, I'll give you a little bit of level stuff there. I'll give you uh, for the yeah, three, right. for the three Creighton fans and our parents that listen. Like I'll be honest, I'm not trying to tease anybody, but our off the pod discussions are pretty legit. amazing. Like uh, yeah, pretty. Amazing. I mean, we try not to be. We're not trying to be holds bar on the on the podcast here. We we kind of say it like it is. I, I feel most of the time, but we have some pretty good discussions off the pod. Now, so uh, <laughs> off the pod but, uh, yeah. is just. I think that's like just going to be the best of uncut and recorded. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like all the Anchorman outtakes. So we'll just <laughs> string those together. It'll be fine. There, Joey, I didn't want to. There, there was that one time, of course. There was that one time, of course, where we had the episode where, where you recorded our entire conversation off the record and put it out there. On accident. Ooh. The edit didn't take it. I, Tim yeah. can speak to this. Sometimes the machine does not do what you want it to do, right? <laughs> so 100%. He's like, 100% technology. Joey, I, I remember getting it. a text the next day after that from Rob, and he was like, <laughs> "I think you guys, I think you guys went a half an hour too long than you were planning on going." I was like, "Oh no, we just normally go off the rails a little bit." He's like, "No, I'm pretty sure you ended the episode and then kept talking and recorded the whole thing." But just, I was like, "Oh," so I went on and listened. I was like, "Oh my god, we did!" Brian. But like, think about the other episodes and our post pod off the pod conversations and what one that like what that could have done. It would have not oh, been boy. wonderful, right? I mean, we pretty yeah. much just sit around and make fun of Rob Anderson. I'm kidding. <laughs> you don't. Rob is the best, as everyone knows. But yeah, I mean, then we yeah, get imagine if our like post at Georgetown or at Georgetown post conversation oh, yeah. like unrecorded. Unrecorded. Probably had my season tickets revoked. Get get a, a stealthy. <laughs> wouldn't have been on for that. Probably get a <laughs> probably get a stealthy letter in the mail. Joey, I didn't mean to screw up your transition. Tim, if you're, one, Tim, really if you're nice. wondering, if you're wondering Bryant's role, Tim, Tim Bryant's role, he sits behind the opposing bench and yells obscenities at Jay Wright and Chris Mack. So pretty much. Best. I used to yell at it much uh, less dapper head coaches in the valley, and now like I've had to step my game up a little bit. It is weird though. Like I know I've talked about this in the past, but you know, you used to like yelling at Geno Ford or like whatever. Jim West. West whatever wet paper bag is coaching Drake at, at that point. And <laughs> like, now it's like, Oh shit. Those guys are on the dream team. You know, like Pat Ewing's going to show up next year. Like that blows my mind. And the shell of Chris Mullen shows up and you're like, Chris over here. And like, he'll actually talk to you during the game. Cause he's not busy coaching. It's weird. It's really weird. So it's fun though. Amazing. While I have no comment on that, I, I do wonder <laughs> what it is that you could heckle some of these guys about. Like, Nothing. stop being super successful like, and like coaching high major teams. Quit it. The deal. Like, I could go down the <laughs> list because we've got it pretty much. It's only taken us a couple years to figure out some of this stuff. But yeah, I mean, like, you can't really do anything with Ed Cooley because that dude's just amazing. Like, I'm just like, Ed, I just want to give you a high five before the game starts. You're awesome. And the Jay Wright stuff, it's pretty much like, why do you whine all the time? You guys are like 306 in the last four years, so just calm down. Chris Mack curses every other word, so while I kind of get on him for that, I also respect it because I do the same thing. And then the rest of the coaches are just like, DePaul, I don't even know who coaches you. Like, you know, a bunch of – like, Georgetown, it was always cool to see GT3, but I kept looking for his dad, like, just random stuff, so – it's a good time. His dad I'll would probably always... curse you out if you heard some of the things you said. Yeah, probably. I, I will contend that... that the East Coast guys get away with a lot more because oh. they get to they do curse every other like word, so you don't know what's insulting and what's not. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know? Like what's in what's in anger or not? Like, do you ever yeah. feel like you have to bleep out your own video coordinating uh, final product just to like <laughs> take it easy on the guys who're gonna watch it on your side? <laughs> do we need like a delay? Uh, you know, I don't. We don't watch it with sound a whole lot. That's oh, not really our should. thing. But I probably would have to. Yeah. We probably need to. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Joey. You had such a great segue, and then we just derailed it. What's up with the men's soccer team and how awesome the Big East is in soccer? Well, actually, the the Big East is not that good at soccer this year, turns out. Um, I think, you know, their quality in the middle, there's no elite team this year. You know, it's been Georgetown or Creighton in the past. Providence has been, uh, you know, pretty salty uh, the last couple of years. And I think it's some of those same characters uh, in play this year for the league title. But um, – you know, in the previous years, uh, the bottom four teams, the bottom five teams are just horrendous. Uh, and this year, there's a lot more glut in the middle. I'm not really sure uh, who the top. Yeah, I'm not sure if there is a, is a middle right are. now. It's, it's just pretty top the I would say Butler, uh, Xavier, Providence, Creighton, Georgetown, uh, maybe Villanova, uh, you know, if you want to throw them in there. All kind of in that glut uh, that could really challenge for the title. And what's crazy is, I mean, it's what September, mid-September, we're going to start Big East play here Saturday against Butler at Butler, uh, who was league champs last year or tournament champs. I think they won the tournament. I don't know if they won the league last year, but uh, and they were turning. No, pretty Providence hard. won the league. Butler. Won oh yeah, Providence won the league. Tournament. Butler won the tournament and lost there. Um, but you know, Butler returned some players. They've had a little bit of a, a rough start to the year, um, and so they're there. This might be a good time to hit hit at them. Uh, they've got some. Uh, they've got a. You know, they had a loss at Louisville, which is not a bad loss whatsoever, uh, who's top 10 in the RPI um, right now. But they just lost to Western Michigan. Um, I think they uh, they either are playing or have played Evansville today. Uh, and so they're going to have some weak legs. You know, Creighton scheduled some extra, extra exhibition games to give themselves more of a break during the week uh, for these Big East trips. And uh, we'll see how that pays off because um, Butler played today or tonight uh, against Evansville at home. And uh, we'll have had a good seven days of rest. Um, was Marty is, Simmons uh, there? Did Marty Simmons <laughs> show up? I don't that think, think Marty that, that was another guy that was awesome to talk to uh, on the bench for the Aces. Big, big Marty, big Marty Simmons fan. Sorry. Go ahead. I don't know. I don't know what position he could play in soccer, but if he, if he could, uh, if he could have helped Evansville, I'm sure he would have been there, but sure. Um, Goalkeeper. Had to be it. That's the only position that uh, I could see him playing. But, um, you know, the, the Soctoberfest, again, uh, kudos to Creighton. It's it's one of the better events, uh, maybe the best event in college soccer that I'm aware of. You know, no other uh, team or, or school puts on, you know, quite the soccer fest that, uh, that, uh, that Creighton does. I mean, they really highlight their men's and women's program with that event. Getting near 4,000 people on a gorgeous night. You really can't ask for anything better. Um, Creighton played fairly well. Uh, I think the last time we had talked, we were a little bit concerned in how clunky maybe some of the midfield uh, had been uh, between uh, building from the defense to the attack. I think that's looking better. Uh, definitely the fulcrums of Rydstrand and, and uh, Kuba Polat are, are really uh, developing a pretty good partnership. And then, like I had said, um, I think the goals are going to come for Creighton. Um, it just, it just, you know, it's just taking a little longer for the attacking players to get on the right uh, wavelength with some of their passing in the final third. Uh, and I think that'll still come. I, you know, I, you know, Mario Slumis, the, the kid they brought in from, from Holland uh, to be that kind of Fox in the box scorer uh, this year really hasn't had that great of a start to the season. He's 
you know, he's a he's a senior. Uh, he's 23, 24 years old, something around there. So so he needs to turn it on. I know Creighton's counting on him to really, uh, you know, you know, score goals in bunches. And uh, at this point, uh, I think he only played a handful of minutes against South Florida. So we'll kind of have to see if that was to rest his legs or if the coaching staff's uh, maybe trying some other options up top because uh, he's the spearhead to their attack. And uh, while everything kind of goes through Rydstrand, uh, Polat, and uh, Ricky Lopez-Espend, uh, uh, they need Lomas to uh, to score the goals. And so, um, so so that's something to definitely watch for going forward here as we start Big East play is that uh, they're, they're going to need some of those uh, attacking players to score at a higher rate and uh, and, um, and to create more opportunities than they, they have been creating. So. Oh, I like the I like the fox in the box. I've never heard that before. Yeah, I mean that that's the kind of player he is. I mean he's a big kid, six two. You know he's he's muscular. You know he's he's a man. He's not a you know a high school freshman or high school senior coming in to be a freshman in college. You know some players just have an innate ability uh, when they're in this you know the, the penalty box when they're inside the six yard box. You know the ball just kind of finds their foot and they find a way to redirect it around keepers. Uh, and that's the kind of player I think that they want him to be. Somebody that either. Uh, you know, uh, can can distract and, and, and take away a couple defenders uh, to free up Frankie or, or Lopez Espin or Hawkinson, who's been ex- actually maybe one of the better players in, on Creighton this year. Um, and uh, and um, so maybe as teams go away from maybe, uh, you know, scouting against, uh, you know, Marios Loomis, uh, then they'll, they'll, that'll free him up to maybe be a little bit more open to get some of these opportunities because Creighton's going to need him and Koenig and, uh, Maccioni, they're going to need some of those uh, attacking players they brought in over the summer. They're going to need them to start hitting on all cylinders. Um, For sure. The, one of the things that I believe Elmar mentioned earlier in the season was that because there's so much depth up top, um, you know, it kind of creates a situation where you can rest some guys sometimes and not play them as many minutes every single match. Um, take losses in the process doing that, but uh, – you know, you do see the fact you do see there. There's use for having a guy play maybe 15 minutes, see if he's got it or not, and then go with somebody else and just give him a break. I mean, knowing that Big East play is coming up, matches that are really important too. Obviously, you don't want to drop to South Florida, but I mean, you also want to win your own conference first of all. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, so, location's good. You know, there, there, there is something to Lomas getting a break and giving another guy a shot, especially if it looks like he has a better rhythm that night. I mean, you got to build depth. We talked about it before the season. I, I think they're well on their way to at least, uh, you know, instilling some confidence in some of the the guys who uh, in other years maybe wouldn't have got as many minutes uh, in in the season. Um, but I, I I don't think that this was a oh you know we're going to rest uh, Lomas because we got Butler on in a week. It, it was um, you know he hasn't really worked to the best of his abilities. Uh, I, they think he, you know, I think he's better than what he showed. And so uh, I think they're just trying to see if they can fire him up to, uh, you know, to, to play, um, you know, with a little bit more of an edge or to play a little bit more within the team structure. I'm not really sure, but um, they need more out of him. And, um, you know, I, I like, I like what he's been able to do. I, I, I really still like what Sven Koenig's brought to the table. I think he connects well Um with some of the wide players, I, I think he links back to the midfield really well. I think he's got good pace. And I just think that uh, – we talked about it last time too. He's called offsides. I mean, how many times this year? I, I can guarantee you he's the most – he's uh, drawn offsides more than any other Creighton player, probably as much as the whole team. Probably the whole uh, – yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. And, and, so, and, so, 
again, if you watch soccer for any length of time, you know that as soon as those guys get on the right wavelength, all those balls that he's a half second early on, he's going to start connecting with. And then if, if a guy like him can get on the same page with Ricky or Luke or, or Noah, and I thought they had some really good link-up play on Saturday, um, that, that – um, you know, that'll, that'll really open up uh, other areas of Creighton's attack. And so it's almost like one of those sleeping giants. If one of these guys can get going, I just think it opens – it takes a lot of the pressure off some of the other guys, and then they can all really, you know, really start to play their game. Um, you know, and, um, and so, so that's exciting. Uh, the problem is, you know, this is the year where uh, they, they have a tough Big East road schedule. Uh, you know, they're, they're going on, on the road here, uh, like we said, uh, to Butler – uh, this Saturday, and then they they come home for a couple games against Tulsa, who just beat number one Stanford. Um, yeah, have, what are they walking into on Tuesdays? How did Tulsa beat Stanford? You know, I, I you know I, I didn't really see much recap of the game. There was some chat, uh, you know, this week. I think they drew a couple penalties uh, against Stanford, which is kind of unheard of. But um, Tulsa Tulsa is a program that we consistently play. They always have good yep. players. Uh, they're well coached. It's always kind of a battle when we play them, and so. Um, you know, I, I don't think uh, looking at the, the you, know, uh, you know, I don't think I don't think the coaches were necessarily worried that the Tulsa game would have been, uh, you know, a landmine for their schedule. But uh, it's gonna, that's going to be a, a tough match. It's going to be a match where if they can get a result, that's going to really improve their RPI. Uh, right. and, and so that's great. You know, and then they got Villanova at home and then they go to UNO, uh, who's still undefeated. Um, and I haven't looked at their schedule and, and, and credit to UNO. I mean, they've gotten the results they needed. Um, and they have a, a decent RPI right now. I believe it's in the top 20. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the results they're grinding out are teams that are not very good. And I'm not saying the teams we've beaten are, are any better. But, um, you know, you, UNO is, uh, uh, you know, a light 6-0, I'll say. Uh, you know, they haven't been tested to the fullest yeah. of their abilities. I think they caught Virginia Tech at a good time, and they embarrassed Virginia Tech. Other than that, they really haven't played anybody truly of note. And so – I hope they're undefeated by the time we, we roll in there because uh, that'll really, you know, uh, improve. Oh, man, Connecticut will be insane. It will be great, you know. You know, any, you know, any local rivalry is always going to be good uh, for um, uh, for the programs, both programs. And so, I, you know, I, hope, I, I, I wish, they could, wish them continued success. Uh, and um, we'll, you'll kind of see where we, we fall, um, uh, you know, in, in late September. Um, so, so Creighton's got, Creighton's got uh, you know <laughs> – this is this is uh, not the meat of their schedule, but uh, at least at the beginning of the year, it didn't look like the meat of their schedule. But it's going to be tougher than they were thinking. Um, and I know they would have really liked to have that Virginia Tech win uh, because uh, that really changes the way that Creighton has to maybe chase some of these games going forward. Because like we yeah. had talked about, they're going to need they're going to need victories to 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 um, you know to write a decent resume for the NCAA tournament. And I think that they're going to get progressively get better throughout the season if they can stay injury free. They can t- continue to build depth. Um, but they're going to need wins, and they can't go and uh, lose uh, a majority of their away games, and they can't go and draw, uh, you know, a bunch of their home games. They get they're going to need victories. So, starts this week against Butler. Uh, you know, their they, uh, Butler's had their downs, so um, it'd, be, it'd be great to take it to them this year after we lost to them in the championship of the Big East tournament last year. Yeah, I think there's going to yeah, be a lot of heat on that match for sure. Whoa! Now we yeah, go. I mean. Now you guys hear that echo? You guys hear that echo? No. Oh, that's just on my end. Okay, I'll have to deal with it. It's probably the voices again, so that's cool. <laughs> uh, what are we going to talk about? Sorry. Well, another, well I mean, another speaking of wins, I mean, Creighton's – go ahead. I was just going to say another interesting thing from the uh, 
from the match against South Florida for the Jays was that uh, uh, we saw Bryce Gibson start, I believe, for the first time in his Creighton career. He started at right back. Uh, he played pretty well. Uh, he's had his shaky moments uh, uh, the last year and maybe some of the, the substitute minutes he's gotten this year. But um, I, I, I like Creighton bringing in fresh blood, uh, especially to the back line. You know, uh, the back line hasn't given up a goal in two matches, which I think is excellent. Uh, I think Legros and Four are, are developing into a, a nice partnership. I mean, Mitch Legros uh, is playing at a very high level right now. Uh, he's anchoring the back line, you know, um, and and really organizing things. And I think him, um, you know, has been uh, silently pretty important to the connection between Rydstrand and, and Polot. So um, give Mitch Legros a lot of credit. Um, but it's nice to see uh, uh, Coach Bolovich and, and Coach Torres and Coach Gabba change up the back line because that wasn't a thing we saw in years past. You know, well, we would stick with the same back four, which makes a lot of sense. But if there was an injury like last year with uh, Akeem Ward, uh, we were really out of luck and we didn't have anybody that was ready to step into those roles. So I think um, uh, last season has taught uh, the coaching staff a little bit about developing some of those players in some of those positions. And I thought Gibson played pretty well. Um, you know, like we talked about, I think Koning and Maccioni bring in a good offensive punch if you need it. Um, Daniel Rebos has played, Peter Prescott, you know, I, I think uh, still has a big role to play on this year. Um, and so so they've got, you know, four, five, six kind of guys uh, they can still roll out because um, – uh, and that's not something you could have said with some of the Creighton teams in the past, rolling out six subs. So uh, so that that's promising. Um, that is promising. More, more focus on the long game this year than any I, years I, we've seen before. I think so. I think so, and which is which is an interesting aspect because Creighton's got good enough eleven guys. Where in the past I could have seen, you know, for the most part, uh, Creighton just ride the same guys. I just think that uh, maybe they've adjusted their mindset to saying, you know, we we get gassed early, or 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 you know, maybe um, we can take our lumps at the beginning of the year and really, you know focus on being uh, healthy and, 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 and well, well-rounded as a squad at the end of the year um, because, uh, because Creighton's got 11 really good players, and uh, I think they're really working hard to develop that next six guys, um, mm-hmm. you know, not just for this year but for years going forward. So, um, yeah, it's an, inter- it's an interesting, uh, it's interesting viewing. Um, and, um, yeah, let's, let's keep the good crowds, let's keep the good weather, and um, uh, let's keep supporting them because I think they'll, they'll, they'll be pretty good come, come November. So – Two, so weeks, two from weeks from now, what what will their four-game kind of record be here in these next four matches, do you think? I mean, what are you looking for, Joey, for it to be a successful, based on what you've seen so far from this team this season and what you've seen most recently from how the how the roster is shaped and the playing time is shaping up? Yeah, so they go at Butler Saturday. Then they go Tuesday at home to Tulsa. They go Saturday home to Villanova. And then they go at UNO, yeah. which is a away game, which helps because that helps boost your RPI because you're playing a top 20 team away right mm-hmm. down the road, which is really nice. Yeah. Uh, so uh, getting a result there would be great. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think realistically, uh, maybe at the beginning of the year, they would have they said they, they would like to go three and one, uh, looking at how some of these teams have developed. Uh, two and two wouldn't be the end of the world. Uh, having said that, they were not expecting to lose. I was going to say, I was going to say two one and one. Yeah, I mean, they weren't expecting to lose that Virginia Tech Bolts. game. They weren't. They they, they didn't want to lose that hokey game, and so they got to make that up somewhere. I think when they looked at the big scheme of things, they thought that was going to be a win. And that's not any any slight to Virginia Tech. It's just that uh, I think they thought. We were playing well in the, the exhibition. We were uh, really lost rolling. a home season opener in like 
15 yeah. years. And, I mean, I, I, maybe they haven't played anybody as good as Virginia Tech, but sure. I mean, um, you know, they, they need to make that result up somewhere and that, that might cost them from a draw to a loss at some point, but I think they got to go for a W in one of the games where they were thinking, okay, we can, you know, um, maybe, um, maybe not play all our guys 90 minutes, but I think they got to go chasing results um, at some point. So, um, you know, I, I, I think they get, I think they get a victory at Butler uh, this weekend. I think Butler uh, has been stretched so far in some of their matches. I think they, that playing on Wednesday, no matter the level of Evansville was today, I think that that's going to hurt them uh, despite them playing both home and home. You know, I think that um, uh, Creighton's rested. I think Creighton's uh, beginning to, to get an idea of what Bolovich, coach Bolovich wants for their, from their formation. And I think you're seeing some leaders develop on the team. I think you're seeing Legro uh, develop into a, you know, a main leader. I think Lopez Espin leads by example on the field and uh, uh, give, give credit where credit's due. Uh, Matt called uh, a big year from Luke Hawkinson and um, he's been, um, I won't say a surprise because we knew how good Luke was, but he's really forced his way into being uh, one of Creighton's main you know, offensive weapons and, and, and one of their leaders as a sophomore. So, uh, so good on Luke. Uh, for doing that because there's a lot of elder statesmen on the team and for a sophomore to kind of take the reins and say, you know, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to capitulate like we did against Stanford um, and let that kind of ride our season down. I mean, good on him because um, Creighton needed some guys to step up. um, And, um, you know, I think he's one of them. So I'll say uh, they get a win at Butler. I'll say they probably draw against Tulsa. Uh, I think they get a win against Villanova and that leads us into the UNO game. And, uh, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to go on a limb here and say that, uh, I, I'm a homer, but I, I think that Creighton's got a better, <laughs> Creighton's got a better, Creighton's got a better squad. Really? You're going to try to hide the fact that you're okay. I'm not hiding it at all. I'm not Joey. hiding it at all. And, and I've, I've seen some, I've seen some of the UNL, uh, game film. Um, and, uh, again, they've needed, they've needed, a, you know, every bit of 90 minutes to beat some of the teams that they've won and give them credit. They got the win. They found ways to win. They found ways to score. Uh, you know, Bradley was, uh, you know, Bradley was up one nothing against them for a while and they came back and won that game and they've won games like that uh, a couple times already this year. So, so they have, they have that magic touch, uh, but, but talent wise, I think Creighton, uh, I think Creighton's got more talent. So again, a, a strong Creighton contingent of fans at Coniglia would be great. Uh, and I think that, um, uh, you know, uh, you know it's, uh, I think, I think Creighton wins that game, uh, but we'll see. Cause you know, has been circling this game uh, for a long time, you know, upset that Creighton's, uh, you know, not, not putting him on the schedule next year. And so um, they, they really want, they really want that game. They do. They really want that game. All right. I want to be cognizant of your time, Joey. That was uh, yeah. a really nice uh, download there from the weekend and a, a look ahead at the Blue Jays soccer uh, roadmap here for the next couple of weeks. But I know you got to bounce off the show. So appreciate you swinging by tonight and uh, look forward to talking to you hopefully next week or whenever we can yeah. get on to it next. But um, yeah, I know you're just leaving yeah. to go start the road trip to Butler, but whatever. I appreciate <laughs> it. So. I, I, would lo- I, would, I would love to go. I um, yeah, have, have a good chat. Uh, just right. a little bit. I, I did. I did get to peep the uh, women's volleyball Kansas match, and uh, I mean Creighton. Uh, just when I think they they can't impress me anymore, and I, I don't know what your guys' next topic is, but uh, the ladies' volleyball team is is amazing. Those girls, the, those girls are winners. Would you say? Don't. Would you say that yeah. they're no? Okay. We'll get, I, I, dude, we'll get to it. All right, we're gonna talk I, to Tim. I'm much talk- more versed in men's soccer than I am women's volleyball. And I can just tell you that there's, there's no, 
elite teams in men's soccer this year, despite what we saw from Stanford. There's no unbeatable teams. I don't know if there's an unbeatable team. Is Minnesota the greatest team ever in women's volleyball history this year? I don't know. You know, yeah, they ever gonna pretty, be, they're, I don't know. I mean, exactly. So Penn State's, I, I Penn State's looking pretty solid. Yeah, and so those those traditional programs, I'm just not sure where Creighton stacks up against them. Just talent-wise, I know Creighton soccer stacks up well with some of the elite teams. They might not have shown it already, um, but uh, you put the coaching staff with some of the players and professional players Creighton's got on their their, their roster this year. You know, I, I still think Creighton's got a shot to go deep in soccer. So I'll stick by it. I'm going to tell, tell Jay the winners you said that, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, good. Maybe it'll fire up. But but again, I want to leave you on the note that I every time I watch those girls play, I'm more and more impressed by their resolve and their ability to, to go into hostile environments and really brush it off. I don't know what kind of mentality, you know, that they've been coached or etched into them. But, I mean, it's it's very impressive. It's it's great to see. What's amazing. Good representation. I know you can't see me right now, but I'm just doing the Jordan shoulder shrug. So <laughs> nice, <laughs> A little flu game action. The that that's an amazing segue to something right, that we weren't us. originally going to segue to, but Joey did serve it up on a platter there, Matt. So I think if Tim's willing to hang out for a couple minutes, we can talk basketball schedule here in a bit. But let's talk, you know, your top ten Creighton women's volleyball program and the. Top eight, right? Top yeah, eight. Yeah. Top I mean, eight. I don't – I can't follow like, – it's like soccer. They've got like six polls, right? Is the AVCA the poll? Is that – Yeah, that's the coach, that's the okay. coach's poll, the one you got to That's the coach's poll. Watch, that's really. the one And the RPI, that's it. That's the one that – They're number one in my book, so that's all that matters. That's all that matters. <laughs> uh, so, Matt, you went down to Lawrence. Got to imagine you're probably the only media member from the – from the city there uh so kudos to you and if you were we're gonna pretend like you were anyway so kudos to you um thanks for going down what was the atmosphere no like i know that it was uh it, it was hard pressed to match what happened down there last year for you but um maybe just give our listeners a lay of the land and what you took away as you drove back from lawrence on saturday well i think the, i think the environment was ready to match what we saw last december the reason that it didn't was because Creighton whipped Kansas's butt and they didn't really let the, I mean, it was really the Blue Jays fault. Um, but I mean, the, the way that we can start it, it was, it was kind of interesting because honestly, volleyball is one of those things where, um, you know, and Tim knows this, that styles make fights really. And Purdue was one of those, you know, it's one of those things where you and Tim, you know about this a lot. You, you, see something on film right no matter how much you can kind of simulate what it might feel like it still feels different when you're on the court you know what i mean 100 percent. so i feel like the purdue match was like that a lot creighton knew that purdue had big outsides creighton knew that purdue was physical knew what that felt like to deal with until it was time to deal with it and they didn't deal with it well in the first two sets. Um, it was one of those things where, I mean, the bottom line is Creighton is not going to physically outmatch a lot of those elite teams. So they kind of have to bank on being better at volleyball, you know, being um, hitting at a high rate, being efficient, making sure that, you know, for Lydia Dimke, making sure she's making the right reads as far as where to get her, her hitters against a single block and things like that at the net. 
uh, making sure they're passing well. So Lydia is serving a ball in that front row instead of chasing one, you know, to the back or to the sideline and things like that. Um, those are the little things that they'll talk about a lot that are really important when they face a physical team like Purdue. But on the first two sets, and it kind of looked like they were a little caught in deer in the headlights mode. Third and fourth set were a lot different. Obviously, Creighton won the third set. And the fourth set was, you know, a back and forth one. Creighton was, I felt like Creighton was in control of most of it, but Purdue pulled it out. And it's one of those things where Purdue definitely had an advantage. Creighton had an advantage in endurance just because of the tempo they play at, um, how good they are from the service line, um, how they can sustain long rallies and still be fresh and still be taking hard shots to put a ball down. And so I felt like definitely looked like the better side in the first two sets. If that had gone to five, I would have favored Creighton just based on how the match was going momentum wise. So I'm not really sure that I'm ready to say in, in the NCAA tournament, in one of the regionals that, oh no, Creighton's in trouble. Obviously that's a mismatch physically, but I think Creighton has a better idea of how to handle it going forward. Um, so it was encouraging to see the way they finished that match started. And then Belmont, um, if you guys are wondering what the Big East is going to look like this year, as far as what, Creighton, what, what Creighton's <laughs> going to do to it, that was the match where it kind of gave you, because this whole non-conference has pretty much been a gauntlet. One, one top operated NCAA tournament team after another lined up ready to play Creighton. That's what it's been like the whole time. So Belmont was the first one where you're like, oh, yeah, that's what's going to happen to the Big East for 20 for December. So, yeah, I, I mean, the first two sets were 25 to 10. That's essentially a 40-point halftime lead in basketball, if you're wondering what that feels like. Um, so, like, Texas A&M, UCLA-ish? No. Yeah, it was just, a, just, just an absolute massacre. Okay. I mean, Lydia Dimke was – so Lydia Dimke, like, her dump star, right, where the setter just decides to put a ball down instead of setting one of her hitters. Yep. Dimke's literally setter. Like, you, and when she does it, usually she has to find a hole in the defense somewhere to put that thing down because otherwise it's going to get stuffed into her face. She, Belmont was so outmatched that she was literally over actual players. Like, she was just like, you know, it was really – it was kind of like, – like hard to watch at some point. Like, oh man, that's got to be embarrassing for that player. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's just they just rolled them, and so I, I, you know, and then the Kansas match is something that Kansas is. Even though Kansas beat Purdue pretty handily, Kansas is a lot like Creighton, and the they just team they're really good defensively. They don't let the ball touch the floor. They have good hitters. Their offense is really good, but and they have a good setter, but they're not necessarily. Really physically, physically, the matchup between them and Creighton is even. I don't think physically they jump Creighton the way Purdue could out jump Creighton at the net. So that was an inch, that was a match to me where I felt like the service line was going to be important, and you know the volleyball intangibles I talked about was going to be important. Creighton was better in all those areas, and really the whole weekend Creighton was the best serving team all weekend. I don't know if you guys saw the serving stats, but it was had 17 aces and like 22 errors or something like that. Good. I mean, one to one is very good. So anything close to that is really good. Um, you're doing pretty good from the service line. And the rest of the tournament was something like the three teams didn't combine for as many aces as Creighton had. I think they had around 50 errors. So Creighton was by far the best serving team. And, it, and I think that was the difference against Kansas because Kansas was 
out of system. Right? And it was just Creighton was targeting their libero the whole night. White jersey. I mean, at one point, at one point during the match, her you know her teammates turned to her and asked her if she was okay, and she kind of had to curse them out to say she was. So, but you could tell Kansas was really frustrated. They were slamming balls to the floor. They were cursing out loud. Like the body language battle was not being won by the Jayhawks. And as the match progressed, it was, you know, it was more advantage creating. They were taking the crowd out of it. Their contingent was being loud. Um, the third set was really competitive. It was really, it was a kind of a glimpse of what it was like last December with, you know, I think, I think KU had two set points. Creighton had two match points and they both saved them to stay alive. And then Creighton finished it off finally. Um, so it was a great third set for sure. Kind of what I was expecting the whole match to be like. So from that, perspective i wasn't surprised with the first two sets creighton just rolled and uh it's just another example of what trial by fire can do you know in the long run because this team has been together for a long time you know jaylee winters and taryn cloth and those those marissa wilkinson you know all, they've all played together they all played a lot of matches together they all played a lot of matches against really good teams together and they just aren't rattled by that situation anymore they're just not. They, I mean, that was a crazy, packed, loud, hostile environment. Who, and I was staying late writing the story, and one of their writers was kind of just shaking his head, and I asked him what was up, and he's like, man, that Kansas team was talking about this match. Like, they had this day circled. They were ready for revenge. They wanted payback, and they got swept at home. Yeah, I mean, they don't lose it home like they hadn't lost a home match i think they hadn't been swept at home since 2011 a long time ago when you're talking about how many matches they played in that gym um so for all the things that were working against creighton they were ready to play and they weren't rattled but i, I remember one time i was sitting i'm sitting right by, in front of the pet band and the student section hostile part of the gym and that's where jaylee winter serves from she serves from maybe two feet in front of that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember her looking over at them at some point during the match. And hard to it's hard to describe, but I felt like she was looking at them and like she could hear what they were saying, but she didn't process it. It wasn't it didn't matter to her, you know what I mean? She was you could tell she was still focused on what was about to happen with that play. And after the match, you know, what when you know her memory, she's kind of one play at a time. She really doesn't remember much from the match that's kind of the focus she has. So I really think that resonates with the whole team. They just don't get rattled by that situation anymore. I think it was the reason. And it was, it's, you know, it's kind of crazy because Kansas was the team that got rattled in that environment and it was pro KU. Hmm. So, I mean, just another seven and two ranked eighth in the country, the RPI, when the official RPI comes out, it's going to be through the roof. I mean, they're doing all the things they need to do. East looking, I'm not sure they're going to have. Yeah. They're gonna have their the biggest issue going into Big East play is you know making sure they can focus on improving the things they need to improve on and also bring it every night because there's not anybody in the Big East that best versus best can beat Creighton so it's gonna be I think they're I think they're in they're primed their resume is looking great as far as hosting goes um, everything together and stay healthy at this point that's pretty much all that's left to write about that story. 
<clears throat> so then the next chapter, they have one weekend left before Big East play starts. They'll be going to Wichita, one of your favorite places to go, Matt. And they'll be Love taking it. on the Shockers and the Iowa State Cyclones. Any hiccups you foresee next weekend? Um, or is it just a formality before? I know that we're not supposed to look ahead and Coach Booth would be mad at me, blah, blah, blah. But what's realistically the outlook for this weekend ahead of the start of Big East play? Well, I mean, Iowa State's undefeated. I don't think, I don't Iowa think, State's undefeated, so. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. They, they, I have to, have to double check real quick because they were in fifth set against Northern Iowa tonight. But okay. um, just on Wichita real quick, I know, you know just from, first of all, from going back over past matches, they've had, you know, close to, if not exceeding, 2,000 people for state matches back when they were both in the Valley. So mm -hmm. I expect a crazy crowd because it's going to be their home opener for one thing. Other and, and Creighton's ranked number eight. There's a lot of moments. There's a lot of like things that I think Wichita state fans are going to grab a hold of. And I think it's going to be a crazy environment. I think Rob Anderson told me today they're giving away free t-shirts, the first 1000 fans or whatever. So they're expecting a big crowd for sure. Hmm. Um, that'll be a crazy Friday night environment. And then, you know, the Iowa State match isn't going to be easy. The Iowa State did lose in five to Northern Iowa tonight, so they won't be undefeated. But they're still ranked 19th. They're still really good. I mean, they beat Texas last year. Mm -hmm. and, but Creighton beat them in four and Hilton in Ames last year. Uh, so I'm sure they're going to want to take their shot at Creighton. And then, you know, Wichita State's going to be a tough environment, but Creighton also has some motivation because they blew a 2-0 lead against them in the season opener last year. So... Um, weekend. I don't think it's going to be easy at all. I think it'll be probably the toughest weekend they have left. Um, um, so I'm not really sure what they should go record wise. I think 0 and 2 would probably be something like whoa, but you know, if they came out of that 1 and 1, be it'd send off any alarm bells. I think the resume would still be rock solid, sure. All right. Any other nuggets you want to pass along on the volleyball program before we segue to the the basketball schedule release today? The Big East full Big East. We can wake Tim up, although I'm sure he's not going to be sleeping at all anyway with the new <laughs> with the newborn right. in the house. Um, anything else you he's want to share? He's currently shrieking, so that's a no. <laughs> okay. I think. Uh, yeah, we'll obviously have a lot more here when when they're done with the non-conference to kind of like look back at the whole thing and i think even though i am sure people had high hopes for this team but I, I i i feel like seven and two already has exceeded what a lot of people hoped for maybe i'm wrong maybe people just thought this team was uh thought this team should be nine i don't know i don't know but i mean i feel like this creighton team has kind of exceeded a lot of expectations at this point even despite how good they are Three Washington with wins at number seven Kansas swept Kentucky, swept a good Northern Iowa team. Um, I mean, I feel like this this has been a stretch of Creighton volleyball in its history, and I think people would agree. So yep. we'll see how they feel when it's all said and done, though. Sounds good. Because the Big East, I think, is gonna the Big East. I think might bore people because they might just run through that thing. Well, I mean, if it's going to be even worse, I mean, if it's going to be not improved uh, from last year when they in all essence did walk through that. I mean, you know, what else yeah. can we expect? So, 
worse. I do. I really think that I don't think the conference got better. Sure. I think Marquette lost a lot of good pieces. Um, I don't think anybody took a huge jump. So, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of crazy, but I mean, Creighton might sweep or go four in every single set. So who knows? Yeah. Would that be too? You got a basketball team one year that just was expected to kill everybody. Uh, those are the teams you really like having. <laughs> <laughs> I like you. I think we're going to keep you on the show. I like you. It's like, you don't know. Would it be boring to have a team that just goes in and smashes everybody? No, I love coaching those teams. No, yeah, those are really fun, actually. So what's you – know, Those get you – those get you uh, – they get you more years coaching is I what I hear. Say, that, those, those help the budget, right, those types of teams? <laughs> <laughs> Ask Kentucky if that was bad for business right. a couple of years ago. Right. <laughs> was it hard going undefeated? No, I loved it. That's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the uh, Tim? What's what's the feeling on campus? You know, I'd love to know. Like how how far in advance do the coaches and the staff know what this schedule is going to look like when the Big East announces it? Is it them learning it about the same time as everybody else too or do they get enough of a preview where they you know it's it's no surprises to them when when the rest of the public is hitting social media and freaking out or not freaking out or you know sharing their Uh, opinions well it's there to some extent you have to know a little bit in advance because you have to work out any kinks that might have might have arisen even though the big east office is a well-oiled machine occasionally you have to you have to like hey, say, hey, like you got us playing this and this back to back, or hey, we really needed, you know, this, this to be off this Saturday because of the conflict with you know this arena or whatever. So it, about a week in advance uh, is about what we see it for the first time, mm-hmm. and then there's some minor changes a lot of times. Um, so we've we've seen it. We kind of knew what was what was going on, but uh, but they didn't release it to us officially i believe until uh till yesterday I, I know coach murfeld could tell tell us for sure but obviously i've been out of it a little bit so <laughs> right newborn in the house yeah, i was gonna say you <laughs> yeah <laughs> proud proud new papa so for congratulations sure. thank you um and so tell us a little bit about what you know what you see um yeah i i haven't really had a ton of i always i'm you know i'm like any Jays fan, right? I'm looking first as a season ticket holder to see what nights am I going to need to get a sitter for my kids that are way older than yours now, but still young enough to need a sitter uh, for the for the late night ones. I see that that Mar- that Marquette game um, on the evening on a Saturday evening. That's a nine o'clock start on Saturday, February seventeenth. I gotta think that's because of maybe state wrestling. That's about yep. that time. Um, but man, a nine o'clock tip against Marquette at home when they just absolutely bludgeoned us last year here, that, that, that should be a fun one. That'll be a babysitter. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, the, I know. Right. I'm sure you have it replaying <laughs> over and over again. Um, you know, that he has to watch it over and over I, That's again. what I'm saying. Like you, you, you literally have it ingrained in your mind. Yeah. Um, so that, that one jumped off the page at me, obviously huge, to have both Xavier's game, Xavier games be on Fox National, um, mm-hmm. just a big tip of the cap to where they think both programs will be, um, and how close and competitive those games have been between those two programs ever since the formation of 
of the current state of the Big East. But really, what jumps off the page at you? I, I, I'd love your thoughts and your opinion, um, speaking on behalf yeah. of yourself and, and whomever else you can speak on behalf of. <laughs> well, it's just me just right. that. I left the other the other people I'm speaking him to. And, him, and, him and Zeke and Ashley. That's him it. and Zeke. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> no, I was joking today that uh, that the schedule makers, they got through our first four games – and then they, they, they like scheduled two more and kind of like were falling asleep. Woke back up and scheduled the same first four games again. Just Isn't that wild? They did. And then they're like, oh, so no, 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 they're away and home. Like we're switching them. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what I was telling somebody earlier. But obviously, I'm kidding. Uh, no, it's. I think it that brings an interesting dynamic actually, um, where you're. Generally, you're getting through probably seven or eight of the teams uh, the first time before you really start getting into the second time through. And so for us as a staff, it's going to be interesting because you're, you're still in, in January when you, you've played you know, Providence twice, when you've played St. John's twice, when you've played Georgetown's twice, you know, so, and even Seton Hall. Like you get through with Seton Hall on January 17th. Hmm. So – from a from an adjustment standpoint, it's you you kind of have to get on your horse. There's not like a lot more to see, and then when it comes to biggest tournament time, you start looking at teams that you haven't seen in a month and a half. Sure, uh, and that's it's really kind of an interesting deal. And and I know other teams, or I'm sorry, other conferences deal with a little bit of it with like an off uh, an unbalanced schedule and stuff like that. But for our league, this is kind of weird for us but uh certainly there's there's not a whole lot that stands out poor in my opinion there's nothing that i i looked at and i was like oh my goodness that's a murderer's row or right oh my goodness they have us you know there is a stretch where we have four out of five uh, on the road uh where we go at providence at st john's georgetown at home at nova at DePaul. but you know you're gonna have some of that you you don't get to play them all at the link unfortunately um, mm-hmm. I'd love to do that personally, Sure, but, uh, you know, I hear they don't award points for that and, uh, you don't get into many leagues when you say, all right, we're going to play them all at home. Mm-hmm. You guys do whatever you want. <laughs> right. So, uh, no, I, I, I think we're excited about the schedule. Obviously we're playing them all twice, all nine teams. So it wasn't a ton of mystery except for the order. Um, like you said, uh, being on big Fox three times is, is big. I think that's big for, for recruiting. I think that's big for our brand um, just nationally. And, and then I think that, uh, that they're against quality competition. And, and like you said, it kind of, it, it indicates to, to the rest of the conference where, you know, we've been and where we'd like to be. We've been in two biggest championship games um, in the four years that we've been in the big East. So, you know, that's, that's exciting for us. And they were both years that I went to New York City. I just want to let you guys know, for your planning purposes, I will not be going to New York City this year. So don't hold your breath for that title game. But I hope you guys can break through. With I think there. that means we win the championship. Actually. Probably that will be my that will be my uh, my luck. Um, but yeah, you know, you you bring up that four out of five on the road, and then it's interesting. Then you know that next game is one of those Fox national games at home against Xavier on a Saturday afternoon. And that tips off five of, uh, of six at home. So everybody that you sit next to, or I sit next to 
at Jays games, we're going to be tired of each other during that stretch of February 10th through February 27th because that ends senior night. We'll have hung out quite a bit in about a span of two, two and a half weeks there. So really interesting schedule um, from that perspective too because, yeah, at Providence, at St. John's, Georgetown at home, at Villanova, at DePaul, that's that's a lot of time on the road. No doubt. And that's and, – and when people talk about your legs, um, it's really become – it's become easier when you're at home to get your legs back. And that's, that may sound really obvious to a lot of people like, well, yeah, you get to be at home. You don't have to travel, but with the facilities that we have and with, you know, the things that Ben McNair and Dan Bailey, our athletic trainer and our strength and conditioning coach can do in terms of recovery at home versus in a hotel room uh, are drastically different. And so when you get to, when you get to game five, four out of five on the road, you're, it's tough. It's really tough. You've been eating hotel food. You've been getting on planes and having to be up early or up late and all that kind of stuff. Your whole routine's jacked up. And um, people, that, that's, that's why the committee is giving so much more, uh, so much more credit to teams that go on the road and, and win big road games. Um, that's trying- been a point of emphasis for, for the NCAA committee. So. Are you trying to throw shade at Xavier's medical staff for misdiagnosing a torn ACL? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> Wouldn't put, put him on the spot there, Matt. That was, yeah, that's that messed was, up, man. That was a grill. I'm, was hey, a I'm grill. just saying that was that's a pretty big blunder. No, he's good. That's an so, off the pod pod. That is an off the pod. That's pod. we're we're over ten o'clock. I thought we were off the pod. We know. are. We're about ready to be off the pod. No, but let's yeah. walk through this thing real quick. <laughs> We got at Seton Hall on Thursday, December 28th. That's a 5.30 start uh, out there. Um, Second year in a row that we've had to play Seton Hall. First game of the year. Right. Interesting. Then New Year's Eve afternoon in Omaha uh, against the Providence Friars. That's on FS1. That previous game against Seton Hall on FS1 as well. Then we uh, stay in Omaha, St. John's on Wednesday, January 3rd. That's an evening game, so Chris Mullen and crew will be in town for that. Then we head out to D.C. Saturday, January 6th to play the Hoyas early Omaha, 11 a.m. on a Saturday noon D.C. time. Tip out there on Fox Sports Net. Then we bounce. For, for our fans, don't be don't be confused. It's still the same arena. You can still get there. It's Capital One Arena now instead of Sprint. Okay. Will there, the, will, there, will there be any Georgetown fans in it this year? Uh, I uh, I can neither confirm nor deny. Okay. Plenty of seats available. I'll go ahead and just say it now. <laughs> Central League Center on January 9th for a midweek game against Butler. Those games have been uh, pretty intense the last couple of years. So um, judging on who they've got back and who we've got back, that, that would seem to be – uh, the case again. Then we go to Xavier on Saturday. And Keelan, Keelan Martin's Keelan Martin's mad at me too. So ah, yeah, dude. What's up with boy. the beef between you and the best sixth man of the year or whatever? I don't know. What does he think he is? I can't remember. Overrated, right? Is he supposed to be like an All-American or something? Did he say? I can't. I can't keep it straight. I don't know. Okay. Apparently, he's the fifteenth, fourteenth best college basketball player or something like that. Okay. Lists. Lists, well, he's not man. On the, Lists. He's not on the cover of Street and Smith, and Marcus Foster is, so that's all I'm concerned about right now. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So we're at Xavier on Saturday, January 13th, 1 o'clock. That's on Big Fox, Fox National. I like I kind of like calling it Big Fox. 
you guys said the fox in the box earlier. This is the big fox on the box. Um, We're very on brand tonight. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> yeah. Seton Hall comes to Omaha on January 17th. Then we go out to Providence to see Ed and the boys on Saturday, January 20th, 2 o'clock afternoon. So that's, gosh, I feel like the last couple of years, our, our trips to Providence have been on Saturday or Sunday afternoons. I know last year's was Saturday afternoon for sure, so that'll be same this year. Then we're uh, probably stick out there, right, Tim? And we'll just go out to, uh, we'll, we'll, go to we'll go to Queens, play St. John's. Little Quick little fact: It was Ed's birthday yesterday. Ed Cooley's birthday. There you go. Yeah, I saw that. Um, we got Georgetown for the always impressive pink out game on Saturday night, January twenty seventh, seven p.m. So that is, uh, and I feel like this is maybe the second or third time that Georgetown's been our guest for that evening. So um, mm -hmm. that should be interesting. Then we go out to Nova, uh, Wells Fargo Arena, site of the Rocky Bomb game. Um, well, really the Creighton Bomb game. I mean, that was insane. So um, Jays will be out there on a Thursday night. That'll be interesting. Then we go to Chicago. Granted, they're back-to-back -back roadies, but there's just almost a full week in between. It'll be what? Are they are they're out of Rosemont, right? This will be in their new building. Correct. Yeah, new, yep. new arena this year. Or new digs. Unfortunately, so. we don't get out of Rosemont this year because we have to play Northwestern there. Oh, Northwestern that's right. They're redoing their building. So. So. Which is also the reason why we're not playing in the pavilion at Nova. Sure. They're renovating the pavilion. So. Probably to hang more banners and put up Holy. championships, trophies, and whatever. Not I think those. it's actually to move the uh, the baseball batting cage from behind the stands. Nice. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> They're moving their kitty hand pavilion. Cool. If you if you knew the place Villanova played baseball, you'd love that joke more than you did, Tim. <laughs> it's actually not a joke. <laughs> That's that's actually for real. Dead serious. If you, ever, if you ever see the facility prior to them putting the stands up, right behind the stands is their uh, was where they had their indoor batting cage for for baseball. Wow! Side of the nice. national champions from years ago. That's amazing. So then we wrap up with a nice little home slate Saturday, February tenth against Xavier. The Beavers of Bemidji State come to town for uh, a little interesting reprieve on February thirteenth. Saturday, February 17th, the 9 o'clock Saturday night tip, kind of harken back to those uh, bracket buster tip-offs, 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday. That place should be bumping for Marquette. Then the Jays go on the road at Butler where they won last year and then come home for a home afternoon contest on Big Fox against Villanova and senior night on Tuesday, February 27th against DePaul. Wrapping up the schedule with – a trip to Marquette on Saturday the 3rd before uh, hopefully starting their Big East tournament experience on Thursday, March 8th in the quarterfinals out at MSG. So, um, again, the schedule. We're actually closing down the, uh, closing down the Bradley Center. Closing down Bradley Center. That's right. Is it the Jays are involved in three – is it two or three senior nights this year that we'll be a part of? For... I believe it. I know we're Butler and Marquette. I do mm -hmm. not know if we're the okay. okay. So we'll have, um, yeah, we'll have a lot of sweet memories to say goodbye from or goodbye to 
in those games as well. But uh, anything else on the schedule, guys, that you wanted to bring up or any insights, interesting tidbits? Uh, well, there are two. They have two workouts this week. I was wondering if uh... – yeah, we don't want to put Tim's you on the spot, Tim. At all, as far as what their what their uh, objectives are for this week, as far as things they're going to work on, we want to make shots this week. Make shots. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Where else can you get that kind of insight? No, yeah, nowhere. Hashtag analysis. Getbetteratbasketball.com. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. Do basketball. We want to do basketball better. things well. <laughs> we want to. We want to score more. Um, because those teams generally win. There you go. Love so when do you guys when do you guys start putting the structure in? Like, do you guys specifically wait till the season starts before you start? You know, spending moment for all the players, all the new guys, especially. Yeah, there's a there's certainly a process in terms of like right now we're putting in a lot of the small parts of our actions. Mm-hmm. So where a whole set play may have three or four actions for us, we're working the one action that we're trying to score on or the second action. Like we're working, you know, just the ball screen portion of it. All right. We're making reads out of that ball screen. That's a side ball screen. Now we're going to the top. We're going to, we're going to make a read off this top of the key ball screen or we're working pin downs. Um, And for, for people that, People that, that don't necessarily follow it, that's, you know, an off-ball screen, generally with a big uh, pinning down for a smaller player, uh, meaning that they're screening away at about a 45-degree angle. So we're trying to – we're really trying to, to set those up and have guys understand how to score off of that, how to make reads off of that. So that's really a setup to where we get into the sets at the beginning of the actual practice. Um you know, I think it's September 29th or 30th this year that we get to start. Um, that official practice will start putting in sets. Well, now those guys already have, all right, I know I'm making this read off of this ball screen because we've done it 200 mm-hmm. times or whatever. And then, you know, we can just put the set play in. There doesn't have to be a step-by-step every single play. This is what we're looking for. This is what we're doing necessarily. So that's, that's kind of the build-up process. And then putting uh, putting a little bit of teeth in our defense right now, uh, figuring out how to you know how to be physical uh, without fouling, how to you know how we defend certain things, especially for the, the four new guys, um, five new guys, excuse me. So there's a lot of that going on, um, and and we'll really kind of build to uh, the start of practice. You're gonna take an advanced role, or are you gonna try to use Zeke as an excuse for? couple days off or what's what's up for you here <laughs> well i was in the office this afternoon uh, oh nice I'll be at, look at that i'll be at i'll be at the workout tomorrow um but zeke will certainly take a little bit of time uh like i told you earlier i just don't think he's ready for this level of competition so we're not gonna bring <laughs> him in there quite yet don't um, beat him to the wolves yet come on yeah not yet you know we'll see we'll see but uh yeah, he's, he's got a good game if he starts boxing out well at home, I know you're going to bring him in the gym, though. Like, look, I think he can really help us <laughs> on the board. He's got great activity um, already. <laughs> yes. uh, great activity out there. Really, really gets his hands up quite a bit. Is he a good communicator? Uh, he moves he his feet. Good communicator, <laughs> letting people know where he's at, talking. Absolutely. Okay. 
Absolutely. He's a loud communicator. Everyone go. knows. Everyone <laughs> knows. Well, we'll get you. We'll get you off the phone here, so you can go help out, and uh, we'll wrap up. We'll wrap up tonight. Really appreciate you, Tim, being on the show. Um, hopefully, we can uh, have you on more dur- as the season pr- uh, gets closer, and even get into the teeth of things. I know things get a little crazy, but really appreciate you jump, uh, jumping on tonight and being on. So, um, go take care of that kiddo, Matt. Uh, great job as always. Really appreciate it. Um, I know you've got a lot going on in the throes of all these sports being in the mix and basketball getting ramped up, workouts getting going. So appreciate everything you do and all the insights you're bringing for Jays fans everywhere. Um, big thanks to Lawler's Custom Sportswear. Matt, what do you say to Lawler's? Thank you, Lawler's. Thank you, Lawler's. Thank you, Lawler's. Thanks, Lawler's, um, for supporting this. And make sure everybody, when you're going out to watch your um, – your volleyball program, get ready to start another undefeated season in the Big East. Get your rackets some gear. When you're heading down to Morrison, make sure you got your gear. You get all that stuff at Lawler's on the web or at one of their uh, few locations here in the city. And most importantly, I guess thanks to all the Jays fans tuning in for, for this show. We're on episode number 34. We keep getting some good feedback. The numbers keep increasing, so that means – you know, it's not just Zeke hitting repeat on the refresh to listen to his daddy's voice. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not just my kids who, uh, one of whom you heard this uh, this evening on the on the permanent open of the show. Now, James, he uh, always gets interested in in the podcasting and in hearing his dad's voice. But more more than anything, he just loves to hear about Creighton sports too. So we're raising him right. But um, really appreciate everybody tuning in and giving us feedback and telling their friends about it because um, we do this for Jays fans. The homers like Joey, the homers like me, and uh, and we really appreciate it. So for Tim and for Joey and for Matt, um, just wanted to say thanks. Hope you enjoyed tonight. Have a good rest of your week, and go Jays.